0: Now, let's talk about the impact it has on your business. Um, obviously, it's very difficult to find an ROI on being a guest on someone else's podcast or even doing your own podcast. What kind of results have you seen, even, even if it's subjectively speaking?
1: Uh, it's very hard to measure. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, I don't believe you should expect to see a lot of extra leads or trials or whatever your, uh, your direct effect is. Mm-hmm. unless you have something like a tool that everybody can use and it's immediately picked up and you don't need to replace another system and stuff. In our case, it's a CRM. It's not like, there's some people that hear me on a podcast and are like, oh, this might be interesting for us. Yeah. Yeah. It happens, but it's, it's definitely not with the, the, the bulk of the listeners. Um, I see it more as a brand building exercise and um, that's, that's extremely hard to measure. I don't even know how I I would start with that.
0: Welcome to the Show Me The Data podcast by Leadsif, where every week we get marketing and sales leaders from fast-growing B2B tech companies to share specific tactics they use to drive revenue for their business. The best part, they share the exact metrics and data points behind each of their tactics. I'm your host, Tukhan Das, co-founder and CEO of Leadsif. See you there. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Yarun uh, Korthout, CEO at SalesFlare. Welcome to the show, Jeroen. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. So to begin with, Jeroen, uh, what will be super helpful is if you can tell everyone what do you guys do at SalesFlare? Uh,
1: in very short, um, we offer a, a, a CRM, which is customer relationship management uh, software, which is essentially, if you would ask most of our customers, uh, like the actually the end users, it's like to follow up their uh, leads and customers in a better way. Um, and then that way, build better relationships. Um, like they disappoint their customers less. They follow up at the right moments with always the right amount of information and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a system that helps you do that. And... Um, Why we started Salesforce is because we saw that of all the CRMs we tried and tried to work with, it it never really worked for us because the software always came with this expectation that we would fill it out completely. And Mm. that we were this extremely disciplined people that would input every single thing we did and every single new person that we met and every, you know, everything all the time. And we just figured that is unrealistic um and we couldn't keep up with it and we we honestly don't believe anyone can yeah so then we started thinking and we saw that actually most of the things we're inputting into the crm they are already in our mailbox or our calendar or our phone or in social media or a company database or some tracking somewhere uh and if, if we could just build a system that pulls it all together offers it to us suggests like hey it seems like you just met that person you want to add them to that company sure you know this kind of style uh that would would help us tremendously because a system that doesn't work for us just doesn't feel like it's ever going to work, yeah. uh, and that's the idea based on which we started Salesforce seven years ago. Nowadays, it does this kind of stuff, uh, and we have over two thousand companies uh, actively using the system to achieve these goals. Um, so we're super happy with that. Um, okay.
0: So so let me ask ask you this. Anytime you mention CRM, you know. The first thought that comes into mind is there are these massively large established players in the in the system, uh, namely Salesforce, HubSpots of the world. How do you how do you manage to compete with them?
1: Yeah, uh, so Salesforce is is relatively simple in the sense that they're not really well uh, established with small companies. They try, sure. but. Their software used to be for small companies a very, very long time ago. And then they moved completely up market and made something that is really not super useful for small companies. Sure. It's not aimed at the end user. It's, it's expensive. The way you buy it is also not really modern when it okay. comes to uh, towards small companies. HubSpot is a bit more of an issue um, in the sense that HubSpot uh, really aims at medium sized to small companies. Uh, more medium sized than small, and for us it's a bit the other way around, like small to medium sized. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a free CRM, yeah, which uh, seems free, but then of course, if you want to have the same functionality as you get in in, in our system, you need to get the sales hub as well, which then yeah. immediately makes it extremely more expensive. Yeah, uh, but that's that's hard to see at first. Um, another uh, complication is that they. Um, they earn, and I, I saw the, even the earnings report yesterday, uh, they earn about 10K per uh, customer per year, um, which is, let's say, in the order of 10 times more uh, than we uh, earn per customer. So mm-hmm. that makes that they can spend an uh, in, inordinate amount of money uh, promoting their software yeah. uh, with ads being on top of every list, you know, yeah. all the paid stuff. Yeah. And um, everything is really skewed towards who pays the most yeah Uh, i think it's a general rule in the world probably but um so that makes it hard but what we try to do is to compete on stuff that um, are harder to compete on things that you cannot just scale easily with money where it takes a little bit more um and that is things like uh, building better software um of course um, building better relationships with clients that especially is is much easier for us as a smaller scale organization, where everybody um, knows the software really well, and there's no tons of layers between uh, people, uh, we can build really tight customer relationships, um, and 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 help customers really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also on things like when it comes to marketing, it's for instance um, uh, creating uh, quality content. Uh, which is hard to do if you if you constantly hire um, copywriters at scale uh, it's much easier when you sort of work on a smaller scale with more like experts or when it comes to um, doing things like um, booking podcasts it's actually relatively easy to scale but it doesn't look like it mm. um, so that's why it's it's not extremely exploited yet. And there's still space for us to okay. do something there.
0: I love it. So I guess let's, let's talk a little bit about the whole podcasting strategy. Um, so one of the things that you, you mentioned to me earlier was that you have taken this being a guest on a podcast approach to, to reach out, to build a brand and and, and just get the word out. Um, tell us a little bit more about First of all, how many podcasts have you been um, since I we just started this? Counted
1: and uh, we started about exactly a year ago and this okay. is podcast number 174. Oh, uh, wow. At least that is being recorded. I think we have about 150 live now.
0: Okay. So that's it. That's incredible. So that's close to 15 podcast recordings a month that you've been doing now. Now, the first question that I I want to ask you is, what was the main objective for you to do this exercise?
1: Yeah, so what we found is that it's, um, we do a lot towards our own audience, uh, which is nice, but of course we are not huge and we don't have a huge audience. I mean, we pull quite some um, people onto our blog uh and we have relatively large amount of um of customers but it's nothing compared to the total market mm-hmm. so we figured that one of the things we should do next to all the things we do for our audience is getting outside uh and 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 create visibility towards the rest of the world basically yeah, yeah. um so we started looking at a bunch of things uh, that we could do and um coincidentally, we really started working on this last year and then the pandemic came. So in the beginning, there was a a ton of um, uh, online conferences and webinars and stuff. And I did a lot of those. But then at some point, uh, that kind of stopped. Plus, the thing we felt is that it takes a lot of time to do those. And it doesn't necessarily pay off much. Like the amount of people that come to a webinar or an online conference, is usually rather limited. I think the mm-hmm. the best event I've done was the um, I was a predictable revenue event. Yeah. In uh, in May last year or so. Yeah. And I think about five hundred people attended. There were like two thousand people registered and five hundred attended, and that was like the top of the top.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it did uh, like require some preparation though because i had to make the whole presentation yep. and yep. and and you know get used to it and stuff um and in the end it it didn't really feel like it it made a huge impact Got now it. with podcasts we've sort of found the opposite um not saying that uh, we'll get to the to the impact measurement yeah. this is extremely yeah. hard um but with podcasts what we do is we we book those, which does not take a lot of time. Uh, first, we make a list, which is scraping, that doesn't take more than half a day, uh, let's say in total. Then my uh, colleague Carrie, uh, she goes through the list of podcasts and actually checks them one by one, so uh, and to, sees whether there's a match.
0: Yeah. Just to interrupt there, Irun. Um, so we. we let's let's unpack that piece a little bit so so with 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 the podcasting strategy um mm-hmm. your main goal is to create brand awareness leverage other people audiences get there uh, and it's a relatively low investment like Correct. activity and and the first thing that you said is you basically go ahead and create a list of podcasts to go after yeah H- how does that work can you can you describe that a little bit yeah
1: the, the best way to get lists is uh, listennotes.com. Um, okay. It's a Data search podcast, engine for podcasts. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you can also filter on podcasts there and stuff. So if you go on there, uh, it's relatively easy to uh, create re- relevant lists. Okay. Um, now, coming back to what done said, the, they're not necessarily uh, relevant. I mean, they're I mean, more relevant than you would just, email random podcasts or something yeah. but what we do as a step in between because we saw that at some point we were pulling more like that was actually before we found listen notes we uh we did something i, I think on Toro we pulled the list um okay. based on our audience and stuff and we didn't really check who we were emailing and then there were some really awkward matches in there <laughs> so from there we figured like okay if we're going to reach out to someone we actually need to believe that there is a fit. If you sure. mean like, hey, there might be a fit, then we need to believe that. So, yep. um, right now there is a, a manual step in between, which is really my colleague Gary checks all of them one by one to see whether there is a fit, like whether the topic makes sense for us, but also whether it is something that I can say something about, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if
0: I have nothing to add, I'm not going to get on a on a yeah. podcast, obviously. Okay, so. So you search on Listen Notes for top for podcasts related to sales, marketing, growth, those kind of things. Entrepreneurship, and find,
1: startups, stuff. like Startups. That.
0: Okay, and from there on, you you do, you do you rank them based on their their audience score or something like that?
1: We um, started filtering them out based on that. So on okay. Listen Notes now, you see listen scores. Okay. And they based on the listen score, they give a ranking. they say this is a top ten percent podcast, five sure. percent, two and a half, one one a half stuff like that <laughs> okay um and because there were so many, and we uh i mean we we like to be a bit more selective now. <laughs>
0: How big is the universe of podcasts like that you have found that you can potentially reach out to um if we wouldn't filter,
1: yeah. It would be well over 10,000 podcasts. I okay. Think. Uh, maybe, maybe 20. We already wow. in listen notes before we pull a list, we already filtered down uh, very hard. Um, one of the things that is important to check and that's, that's a filter you can put on, on listen notes is whether they're uh, still active. I see. Uh, yeah. I think right now we're only pulling those that have been active in the last month. Okay. Um, Reaching out to podcasts that are dead doesn't really make a lot too much. Of sense. Okay, so yeah. you
0: you filter, you get a list of people that are active, that are around the topics of interest, and then you manually filter just to make sure that these are the right kind of podcasts where you can say something of interest, of of value. Yeah. And then, and what's the process there on? Um, so you mentioned that you, one of your colleague manages this process, correct? Mm-hmm. And 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 does does she then find out? The podcast hosts their contact details, and, and that's and actually
1: uh, in the in the in the Listen Notes page. If you get the premium plan, okay, and then there the email address, which every podcast has an email address linked to their RSS feed. Yeah, uh, nice. because every podcast has an RSS feed, which is then yeah. used to be pulled into platforms.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we just email that email address. Got it. Um, and and is that the primary outreach that your team does? Um, to via email, like there's an email outreach. Yeah. That goes in. So we
1: have uh, in our own software, Salesflare, we have
0: yeah. workflows,
1: which is which is like email sequences, a bit more advanced. But yeah. Um, and we send a sequence to people in there, and the first email is basically, um, I can I can read it sort of for you. Sure. It's hi, first name or CEO jeroen uh, at Salesflare, the number one CRM and product owned is reserving some time in the coming weeks to talk on podcasts. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. it's the whole year, but I've had a close look at and then the name of the podcast. Yeah. And, and as far as I can tell, it seems like a good fit. It's actually true. She had a look, good look. Uh, are you the right person to talk to about this or is there someone else in your team I should get in contact nice.
0: with? Nice. So you have an email sequence, like there are two, three emails that would go out to the it's, it's actually
1: four emails. Yeah. Four
0: emails. And what kind of conversion do you see? Like, of the people, how many people reach out? How many people do say yes?
1: So we, we reached out so far to 1,259 um, podcasts. Yeah.
0: Okay. And we had uh, 48% of those replying. Oh, wow. And obviously out of the 48%, I mean, 10% of them have already, well, well 25% now out of that 400 four, or 500 have already have had you as a guest.
1: Uh, Yeah, so it's 1259. And uh, half of that is like 630. So it's about one fourth of that a bit more that we actually booked.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Okay. So now the the next question that I have is how much time does it take for someone to be doing this? Like, is this person doing this full time, the podcast outreach on your? No, no, no. I mean, the
1: outreach itself is automated. Yeah. And that part is, is so the where most of the time is in one is it's in the filtering. It's actually yeah. making sure that it's, uh, that it's good podcasts to be on, but that yeah. makes sense because if you don't do that, you're going to, uh, first annoy a lot of people. And secondly, yeah. uh, also have a lot of extra work Sure. because the rest of the work is in, um, getting emails, replying to them, applying uh, to podcasts often, often podcasts also have forms that you have to fill out. Yeah um then sometimes booking right away sometimes it's with a booking link yeah then in between i often still have to get on intro calls like yeah. we did an intro call together yeah. yeah 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 um that's about in half of the podcasts i would say okay. they want to have an intro call sure and then the rest for me is basically getting on the call uh okay. talking uh you and i now do half an hour and it's literally half an hour of my time
0: yeah and on an average, how much time do you spend yourself as, as the, as the CEO on, on pod, being on podcasting on a weekly basis?
1: Uh, I haven't measured it and it's, and also greatly varies depending on whether, uh, carry did another um, batch as we call it. Yeah. Uh, or not. <laughs> um, some weeks I do, uh, well, some days I do three or four, oh, wow. um, uh, Yesterday I did zero so okay it depends
0: and do you have like a specific day as assigned to record podcasts or no
1: not right now but no. it would probably be a better idea the thing too is bad. we're in Belgium and a lot of the podcasts are uh, are us based which then immediately means that um, it's all end of day stuff for me yeah so usually the ends of my days is getting on podcasts
0: okay okay that's not that's not too bad cool so now let's let's come to the final thing is. Is, so you're doing this, obviously, this whole process of selecting podcasts and then reaching out and then booking is working mm-hmm. great for you. Now, let's talk about the impact it has on your business. Um, obviously, it's very difficult to find an ROI on being a guest on someone else's podcast or even doing your own podcast. What kind of results have you seen, even even if it's subjectively speaking?
1: Uh, it's very hard to measure. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, I don't believe you should expect to see... A lot of extra leads or trials or whatever your uh, your direct effect is mm-hmm. uh unless you have something like a tool that everybody can use and it's immediately picked up and you don't need to replace another system and stuff in our case it's a crm it's not like there's some people that l- l- hear me on a podcast and are like oh this might be interesting for us yeah. Yeah. it happens um but it's it's definitely not with the the, the bulk of the listeners um I see it more as a brand building exercise. Okay. Um and um that's that's extremely hard to measure. I don't even know how I, how I would start with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um do you and, well would you track then how many listens on a podcast times the number of podcasts like average like would you do anything like that? It's like these many people actually heard of the name Salesflare and my story through all my podcasts.
1: I can do that and have a number, but what does it mean to me? I don't know. Yeah. Um, We already select in, in the, the, the the amount of listeners on podcasts nowadays, at least the listen score, as far as I understand, is an amount of listens per month for the podcast, not necessarily per episode. Yeah. So podcasts that do more episodes have a higher listen score if they have the same amount of listeners per episode. Yeah. Um, But I don't think adding a, a score there really is going to add value for us. We try to hit, uh, um, a number of visibility events, uh, sure. as we call it per month, uh, and we're, we're hitting that, uh, quite, um, quite, uh, we, we are overshooting it every
0: month. Let's say, what do you mean by uh, a visibility event?
1: Yeah. Like. A podcast or uh, a conference webinar; uh, those sure. are all things outside our own audience, which is what we're trying to do. It's yeah. Just that the podcasts are way easier and more efficient, yeah, uh, than the other types.
0: Okay, but you're asking vision. for
1: measurable stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, backlinks is probably the only thing that's measurable. Yeah, um, we get a lot of backlinks and that is smart, uh, yeah. from podcasts, like yeah. usually in the in the speaker notes. Uh, yeah, there's a link to our website. That's uh, absolutely there, yeah. Often I mention also stuff that I've written in some article and then they put that in the speaker notes as well. And that way we also get backlinks to specific articles, not just to our homepage.
0: Yeah, the product on article that you mentioned is, is is amazing. No, this is great. So you spend roughly what, like three, four hours at least every week being on podcasts. Do you think it's the best use of your three, four hours or as a CEO you 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 think it could have been better spent somewhere else, based on what you've seen um, the here. It's a bet. I
1: think yeah. it's uh, it's it's probably worth it, but it's it's yeah. hard to say.
0: Yeah, to be decided, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And 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 this is going back to the first question. Then, Arun, is this is part of that strategy where you are competing with other giants that can throw money at it? You are trying to take guerrilla approaches that are that are relatively inexpensive and, and still reaching an audience that they are not in a more authentic way. Correct. Understood. This is, this is great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Arun. This is, this is great. I, I appreciate you sharing all the insights. I learned quite a few interesting things and hacks. I'm pretty sure our audience will too. Uh, all the best with, with sales flare, man. Yeah, you're welcome. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks.